everybody. Welcome to episode 26 of Let's Unpack That, a media analysis podcast written and uh, recorded every week, you know, because we definitely write down all of our notes <laughs> by me, Cheval, and my co-host and best friend, uh, Cal. Um, and we are discussing Berserk until, um, <laughs> I guess, until oh, Berserk's yeah. over, honestly. Yeah, I, I no, it's like got an not an actual ending now <laughs> yeah yeah no no but it's on chapter what like 300 and something now and it's still going so um anyway we're on chapter 37 this week um if you're following along i'm if i'm not mistaken that's the fourth volume but um, <laughs> so wait let me look it's the yeah, third volume it, Third volume. Okay, yeah, yeah. Third volume of the deluxe editions. The the version's actually worth buying now. Yeah, but um, yeah, welcome back to another episode, episode 26. We left off last, last time with um, some super not gay heartbreak, um, which we will get back to, as well as um, Griffith act doing the most fuckboy fuck shit in the world um, this oh episode. We will, so we will definitely discuss that. But um, yeah, so how, how have you been? I, I know something very specific I want to talk to you about, but I already told you what it was. You did but, um, I'm excited. Yes, yes, um, but... I have been good just playing Three Hopes, which Siobhan and I talked about before, and I'll probably bring up at some point again, because I think a lot of it's very funny. But uh, your thing is more important, because I am very excited about it. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, um, this game came out a long time ago, but it's been re-released a lot, and I'm starting to understand why. But I started playing Okami for the first time on. I'm playing it on Switch, because um, I, I bought it. I bought it for my Switch like a year and a half or two years ago for like ten bucks or something. But um, I finally cracked it open because I um, <laughs> I finished TMNT Shredder's Revenge for like the third time, nice. and I <laughs> was like, let me let me play something different. And boy, is that game amazing. Um, I'm only like maybe two or three hours in, but um, really enjoying it so far. And the fact that it's on Switch, I'm not going to lie. I feel like that was like a fucking no brainer. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, no, it's like the perfect game for like touchscreen stuff, right? Which I was so, like, while I was playing it, I was just laughing because I was like, wait, people on the PS2 had to do this shit? I know. Like, <laughs> like that's what they had to do. Like, and for people who don't know, like, the game is basically you play as, like, the reincarnation of this god that saved um, Japan from the darkness or whatever. Like, it, they display it at the beginning of the game, right? But you, it's got yeah, this... Oh, sorry, continue. No, yeah, go, no, go ahead. It's, it's your game. You made it, <laughs> honestly. So. I made it. Um, <laughs> I have played this game a bunch of times and cried constantly both times. Um, <laughs> and the my new game plus and the other files I started over and over again. Um, but <laughs> what it is, is uh, the main character that you play as is a reincarnation of the goddess Amaterasu, who is the sun goddess. Yes. And it's all based around her, like getting her powers back. Cause she's like in a wolf form at the moment. Um, yeah. And it's based on her getting her powers back and defeating like um, Several different evils, but the main one you start with from Legend is I can never pronounce their name correctly, but it's <laughs> the headed dragon. Um, yeah. okay. and it's the guy Orochi, it's the fucking uh KOF guys, that's who they're based off of. <laughs> yeah, the Orochi, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I know that, <laughs> yeah. but. 
The start of the game is basically you recreating this myth so you can defeat him. And it's really yeah. cool. It's a really beautiful game. And I'm very It's enamored. really good looking. Yeah. Yeah. So so for people who don't know, it's got like this like painterly like Japan like it's like, like this Japanese painting style, basically, mm-hmm. for the art style. And it's gorgeous, right? And I, I think they did a good job remastering it because I feel like part of what makes it good is that it's very blurry. Like it looks like a painting. Like it's not hard to tell what's going on really, in my opinion, you can even amplify the effects if you want to. I think there's an option for that in the menus. Um, But it's so good looking and the combat is surprisingly well-made, even though it's really simple so far where I am in the game. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's gorgeous just because like, it was kind of reminding me a little bit of, like, the first time I played Tsushima a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way you explore things, you're kind of going around fixing stuff. Not everything you're doing is killing things. Like, sometimes you're just, like, drawing over a tree so you can restore all the flowers and right. stuff around it. It's just really fun. And it does take me back to that, like, era of games. Because that was around when, like, I think Shadow of the Colossus came out. We had stuff like Eco. Um, a lot of those games that are kind of timeless like that. And I feel like this is game, I'm not even like that far into it. And this is reminding me a lot of those games. Cause Mm -hmm. like for people who haven't played like shadow of the Colossus, like I I wish the remaster is great. And I feel like it is the way to play the game, but something about like the old art style was so dreamlike back in the day. And like Okami has a lot of that same stuff, but at the same time, it's not just like, Oh, this is a pretty game. and It's boring. Like, they really have like the open world thing down. Like it doesn't feel like it's gigantic. It feels like there's things to mm-hmm. do. Um, there's something to do like every fucking five seconds because you're literally trying to rebuild the world. Basically, mm-hmm. um, everything's pretty simple to understand as well. It's not like a bunch of menus. You kind of just are a dog too. Is my favorite yeah. part is Amaterasu isn't like this like very like prophetic like dog or anything. <laughs> she kind of is just there sometimes. Like all right, Eason's just saying stuff, but. Um, I'm going to let him talk. He thinks I'm a dumb dog. Or like when um, Susano meets uh, Amaterasu and he's like, this dog's stupid and ugly. And Amaterasu's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm literally God? I'm just a dog. Leave me alone. It's it's really good. Bro? Yeah. I I highly recommend it for anybody who's been like on the fence about it. It's it's on everything now, pretty much. Um, It's on PC. It's on Switch. It's on PS4. It's on, I think it might be on a microsoft console but if not it's on everything else um but yeah i'm just surprised how well it aged it aged very well like control wise and like the touchscreen stuff with the switch is really good Mm -hmm. um i was very shocked at like how much it worked and how like responsive it was um i'm not gonna lie during combat i don't use it as much because it's just easier to just press the buttons for me but yeah yeah, but it is a cool concept but I don't know, man. There's there's some games like that game is one of those games where I'm like, yeah, you don't really like need to remake that. You kind of can just re-release it. <laughs> like yeah. that game and like Resident Evil Four, even though they are remaking it, and I'm excited about that, right? Like the original Resident Evil Four is like one of those games where it's like, yeah, you don't need to do much to it. It works. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a good time. <laughs> it's a good time if you're to playing me, it ten or fifteen years later. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like Katamari in the sense where you can just like. Not even, like, really update the graphics. Just make sure it, like, looks good on whatever you're playing it on. And then be like, all right, ship it off. This is a perfect game as it is. You can add, like, New Game Plus stuff to it. Which is mostly just, like, some different skins and stuff. And then starting Mm -hmm. with, like, all your items. 
Um, but I don't know. Like you can just, I think, I think that, uh, Akami works so well because like it is, it's already based off like a very timeless story. Right. And yeah. so it really just lends itself well to it by like playing into that so much. And by playing into like this very timeless art style and this very timeless, yes. like idea of like, you're following a story. So there's like stuff you can do on the side, but there's always that undercurrent kind of carrying you through it. So you don't get bored yeah. or lost or anything like that. So while it yeah. is like open world in some ways, you also, it's not railroading you, uh, but it is yeah. definitely like, it's a lot like some of the earlier Zeldas, you know, like mm -hmm. more like uh, Twilight Princess or like that kind of thing where there's plenty to do, but you still definitely know where you need to go next. So, yeah. And and I've heard this game compared to um, like Zelda games and stuff before. And I'm thinking it was like an influence. I've that's, that's the funny thing. I know so many things about Okami, like development wise, but I never have actually like played it. Right. Like yeah. it just wasn't a game I got around to playing. So like to see like because this game was like a side project um just That's just so for like crazy. yeah so so um this game was also made by the same guy um who made killer seven and some other things he was involved in those games too but i um, forgot he did those yes yes um i i was telling cal right before this that the guy who wrote okami also wrote um bayonetta which um if anybody's like in, anybody plugged into games knows they finally announced the release date for this game that got announced like fucking six years ago. Hallelujah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it's just cool because there was that period where these guys were just throwing stuff at a wall, and Okami was one of those games, and they didn't even they didn't expect it to sell well. They didn't even expect it to have like a huge impact. It was literally they were like, we want to make something fun that we think is cool. Mm -hmm. And we have these extra resources. And some of these things went on to, like, influence other games, right? Like, like directly, right. like, the technology was used for other games that they went and made. But this was a game that, like, didn't even... It wasn't even meant to be, like, a blockbuster or whatever. But it's just gained such a following over time. And, yeah. I, and I get why. Because, like, it has a lot of, like, standard stuff. Like, you, go, you get in the battles every few minutes or whatever if you want to. You can also avoid them if you want to, which is nice. But... You know, it doesn't seem like it's just a grind fest or something. It always feels like you're working toward like an ending or like you're trying to do something to like save the town or like you right. know try to like restore everything. So that's what I like about it so far. I feel like I needed a game that had a little more direction because I've been playing a lot of very open ended or like no ending included games, which is fine, right? right. But like I was looking for something with a little more structure and. Cal has told me multiple times he likes Okami, so I was like, okay, I'll play it. Yeah. So, very I much like held him at gunpoint or anything. <laughs> um. <laughs> Almost, but not quite. Not really, not yeah, quite. Yeah. It came very close. No, it's it's just a really good game. The music is great. The artwork's great. It's it's really good too because like it encourages you to like explore and backtrack too, but not like. Yeah being like oh go do this right now it's more of like a you get something and you're like that's what it's for and you have to like go back and like find all the places where the thing is and yes it just, it just builds so well i said that before but like it like builds on itself so well and becomes like a really satisfying thing by the end of it and you're so yeah. attached to like all of the characters even if you don't like entirely like them like there's still just like a very strong attachment to them and I, I say this because, like, your little companion is, like, an archetype that I don't like very much, but 
he, like, by the end of it, I was, like, crying, and I was just like, I can't fucking do this, and that's saying a lot, because I it takes a lot to win me over with characters like that. Sorry, guys, our internet went out for a second, uh, so yeah. it seems super disjointed. That's why. <laughs> yeah, if, if that's why, yeah, no, I know, my internet just randomly went out. We were, I think we were going too hard on talking about how sick Hideki Kamiya is for making um, both uh, <laughs> Okami and Bayonetta. But um, yeah, no, it, it's it's just really cool that Okami has so much respect. I, I'm one of those people where like, I never really believe every game should have like a sequel. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with this game not having a sequel. I haven't even beat it yet, right? But I'm okay with this game not having a sequel. Right. It, um, so it's just cool that it gets to be what it is, right? Like it's yeah. the game is what it is. It's still good. It still works. And I feel like we're missing a lot of games like that because I feel like now we keep remastering things. Yeah. And it's like some things don't need to be remastered. Like if somebody started remastering, like like the one thing I think was remastered well was like the Yakuza games, right? Like Yakuza one and two. They like yeah redid those. It's basically the same game, but they added a ton of shit, and it's more in line with the vision of what they had for the rest of the series, right? right. Like, it, it makes sense. But, like, if they were to announce tomorrow, like, we remade the entirety of Okami, um, I would be kind of like, I, I kind of don't care, um, because the original game is good enough. I, I kind of do not care. So, yeah, I'm... It's cool to go back and play these games. That at the same time, I was playing the same game. I was playing a game from the same creator that was not at all like this game. Um, very combat focused, basically just sexy devil may cry. I'm talking about Bayonetta, but yeah, um, it just, it's, it's just cool to see like, this is where they were like, no, this is our passion project. Right. <laughs> like we, we want to make this and we're going to make it very well. And all the characters are really cute. Um, everybody's very expressive despite everybody looking like a still painting, but yeah, no, it's, um, and also, you get to beat monkeys up. I don't know how else you, to say a game is good. Um, El- Elden Ring has monkeys in it. <laughs> Sekiro has monkeys in it. And Akami has monkeys in it. It's yeah, my like, wife's agenda. Get rid of all monkeys. Yes, kill um, all monkeys. <laughs> I don't think I've said that on here before. My wife is terrified of monkeys. And I don't blame mm-hmm. them because monkeys are terrifying. But it's like it's like me with moths. Like It's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i try not to bring monkeys up at all around around uh, sasha because i know that they, they will fuck with monkeys. they will talk for like 30 minutes about how pet monkeys are just going to kill you and they are correct but <laughs> it's still yeah yeah no no i'm not gonna argue with that i'm not one to argue with that right so. um i wanted to say before we continued on from okami talk um they i think the studio that was um that did it or like the crew that did it was going to make not like necessarily another okami but i think something like in a series sort of but like similar style etc and they announced (laughs) announced it like a couple years ago and i was like oh shit it's it's a fucking mobile game uh Yes. Because they couldn't get it on, like, console. And I was just like, oh, well, that's never happening. Uh. Right. Yeah. And, and I think there's only there's only one. Yeah. No. And then there was Okami Den, which only came out on DS. Yeah. Which is really funny because that one never got. I'm pretty sure that never got re-released ever. No, I, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a good game. I, I really, I dig it. I'm glad that they got to 
because I mean, also this game was kind of proof of concept for some other things. Because yeah, um, there's a really good Mac. There's good videos about this all over the place. I think Matt McMuscles has a really good one. But like around this time, these guys in Capcom were kind of like fighting to make shit that wasn't like the same goddamn thing. Capcom had been making for the past like 10 or 15 years and this was one of those things <laughs> Capcom yeah, so. like holds so many things I love dear hostage and I'm just like please I'm fucking begging you do they I... own ghost trick to you yes <laughs> those evil Capcom. bastards fucking pieces of shit um yeah and I mean we got the Ace Attorney remaster but honestly they do not look as good as, like, the original sprites and stuff. Like, when I was yeah. looking through, like, some of it, I was like, oh, I would almost rather play, like, an emulation of these. I don't mind yeah. it, but, like, when I was, I think the first time, this is going to sound very mean, uh, the first time I saw <laughs> it, I thought it was, like, a fan remaster or something. Yeah, yeah. Because of how, like, weird the lines looked, and then I realized that it was just kind of, like, it was kind of like a Castlevania thing, you know, where, like, the sprites didn't look as good, like, out of uh, the context of the games they were made for, the consoles they were made for, and the yes. they were made for, the CRT stuff. But yeah. I think Ace Attorney kind of has that, too, where, like, if you play it on a bigger screen than, like, a 2DS or a 3DS, it looks kind of wonk sometimes, so. Yeah, yeah, because I... I um, recently got, uh, well, because I think I got them for you the same time I got them for me, but like yeah. I got the remasters for PC, and I'm somebody who, I didn't play Ace Attorney until the 3DS, because so on the 3DS version, it still kind of has that pixely look. Mm-hmm. So when I opened the new version, I was like, oh no, they straight up just made it like straight up anime. Like, um, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I get why they did it, Yeah, because... I mean, Ace Attorney really only looked like that because of the technology, right? Like, that's why mm-hmm. they did it. So, like, playing the 3DS trilogy versus playing the one that's on PC, I'm always like, ah, this is uh, different, right? Crazy. And that's part of also why I haven't played the great Ace, the great Ace Attorney stuff either, because I know that's mostly in 3D. So I'm like, yeah. hmm, I don't, I don't know quite yet if I like this. But, like, and that's the thing, right? Like, it doesn't bother me as much because I never played these back in the day. Right. But, I get it for people who like grew up playing these. Like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, you might just want to grab an emulator because it kind of some of the charm is from the fact that it was like a DS, like small time game, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's not like a Dang and Rampa thing where that no, was part of the charm. No. Yeah, because that's not part of Dang and Rampa's charm. Wasn't like the format it was in, right? It was. Right. It is what it is, and I feel like Ace Attorney was like, no, it's a DS game, so. Yeah, I yeah. think it, with Ace Attorney too, like, I'm briefly going to talk about fandom, I'm not going to dwell on mm-hmm. it too long, but, like, I think, like, with the fandom it had, because it was, like, like, it's a popular game, but I feel like the actual fandom has been pretty small for, like, several years since a lot of things came out, because, like, when a new game comes out, you're like, oh, you all liked Ace Attorney too. that's cool, I, I like seeing yeah. of this, but, like, I think, like, its core fan base, kind of like Okami, is, like, a pretty compact group of people for the most part. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's like really weird, like sharing stuff and seeing stuff. I don't think I've said on here before. I used to live blog Ace Attorney on my Tumblr and was yes. like mildly popular w- on Tumblr because <laughs> like in that sphere, not on Tumblr mm-hmm. as a whole. But um, like I knew a lot of people. I met friends there that I still am friends with and stuff. It was, it was really nice. It's a good community for the most part. Yeah. Um, but like, it's very weird kind of going from that to, like, 
something that seems a lot bigger and like I it's very weird to me like because everyone was talking about the fucking clown the other week and I was like yeah. what happened and then I realized it was because of like some stupid Newgrounds animation shit yes it was it was, it was because of a animation that all these people are now interested in this uh in that game only on 3ds too like you can't even really play it now unless you go i think so yeah it's the original version it's really funny too because like i saw someone make a post and i was like oh yeah because like um they were like people who saw like the hot cloud and now they have to play through like 15 trials just to get to her and i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. that's exactly what ace attorney is like you see a character you like you waifu people oh and then you it takes you 10 years to get to it. it's the the price we pay for waifus the, for the price these people paid to uh, play the entire uh, persona series just to get to one girl they liked. like like oh it's <laughs> that's the other one we're like um Oh, that's my phone alarm. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> it's with Persona, it's also funny. <laughs> it's just really funny to me sometimes. I'm just like, you could just read like a summary and like read their stuff. Like, you can just read yeah. their like, lines, you know? And like, yeah. I think part of my mindset <laughs> comes from my first experience, again, with Danganronpa being on the Something Awful forums and reading a translation on it. So I'm used to just like reading dialogue yeah. straight up, you know? And I mean, it's that not what most of these games, I mean. They are, I, yeah. They're visual I, novels. Yeah, they're visual novels. Like I've, I've complained to Cal before about like people getting very into fandoms. Um, without like actually playing the game, aka ninety five percent of the Persona fan base, right? <laughs> but like with visual novels, I think it's I kind of consider it different just because like yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy visual novels. Like I love visual novels, but like a lot of it is text, right? So you kind of are playing it if you just read it, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, like those communities are very. I feel like sometimes they have more legs to stand on <laughs> than yeah, some other like- fandoms. <laughs> And because it's all text, like, you also get, like, a lot of, like, background info and stuff, too, a lot of the time. So there's a lot of flavor text and things like that. So it's, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of visual novels. I really enjoy them. But I also can get tired of them sometimes because sometimes you just want to hit stuff and you don't want to read. And that's when you go play, like, a Musou game. (laughs) But, um, Yes. (laughs) Let's, Let's rock. rock. Cal's, Cal's going to go ahead and give us our summary in a second about these next this next chapter. Yes. I mean, the chapters we talked about previously. Um, we did. We I don't think I left this in the last episode, but we did talk about making these summaries a little shorter. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just just remember that if you do hear these summaries and you're like, "Oh, I want to know more about that," or this didn't sound as good, or something like that, you can go always just go back and listen to the last episode. We talk at length about whatever the actual episode episode is about like those chapters so yeah if you do feel some gaps in there or anything like that we covered them don't worry um and and i did want to say before we did go into it we are still donating um our monthly contributions and stuff like that to um, buckle bunny's fund in denton um it saw some people really did like that we were doing that so yeah if you do want to contribute to that feel free to check the links in our bio in our description um and also just check out buckle bunnies if you want to donate directly so um yes. you can, if you google them you'll find them yeah they also have a lot of resources too so if you you know if you need help or you know someone who needs help or you just want yes. to be more informed about this stuff they're a really good resource to have outside of being like a very 
uh, pragmatic charity that like actually puts everything towards helping uh, people yes. in distress with this kind of situation. So, yeah, no. If, if you want to see what they're doing, go go follow their page. They have plenty yes. of info about what they do. Like they're very upfront about everything, which is why I like them a lot. Which it's funny because Cal introduced me to them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. My uh, my wife did a lot of research right after the. I think it was back when. Um, in 2020 in Texas, they were like, we're going to fucking kill you. And we were like, ah, don't do that, maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah. it Yeah. There's There's been a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. There's plenty of resources. It's understandable to be scared, but there are networks in place. So. Right. That's, that's my little spiel for that. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we are... Um, actually berserk stuff we are trying to like trim our summaries a little bit because we've gotten to the point where we're like in-depth describing everything and that's not necessarily fun to listen to all the time and we want to have more room to like actually talk about like the meat of it and not be tired from like reading like a whole summary basically so yeah with like our with our previous up ones they're probably going to be a lot shorter and then our other ones we're trying to condense them just a little bit more so there's stuff we can actually talk about when it comes time to talk about it yes yeah um, Yeah. so a lot more to the point yes so all that said um last time we (laughs) had a very uh messy departure um where (laughs) yeah so we got to the point in the manga where guts has finally made the choice that he is going to leave the band of the hawk and Nobody was really, nobody liked that. <laughs> no one was nobody happy. liked that. Nobody liked that. <laughs> nobody was happy about that. Um, judo, <laughs> not judo, Rickert will remember that, et cetera. But um, everyone's really upset about it. Um, Corcus, like, has this whole moment where he's like, you know what? You are always a piece of shit. I fucking hate you. If I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. And Guts is just kind of like, yeah, okay. So there's, like, a lot of different emotions mm-hmm. happening in this moment um yeah. but guts is kind of like you know i still gotta go i hope you guys can understand this someday uh and griffith is like no <laughs> because you know he's they have they have a very yeah. tight relationship whatever their relationship is it's very hmm. A lot of different motions and things going on. Yeah. <laughs> However you want to interpret it is how I will yeah. say it. I'm, I'm but, going for gay, but I know, I know, you know, some people don't you like know what, it. You know what? <laughs> but like, yeah. So Griffith is like, no, you're not leaving. You're staying with me. I didn't say you could go. And he's like, basically, he's like, if you want to leave, you'll have to fight me. And you'll have to like get through me to do so. Um, and Guts is like all right, I guess. Like, I didn't want to do this, but we can do it, I guess. So they have, like, this standoff that lasts for a little bit where they're both, like, processing each other and thinking a lot of very dramatic things and thinking about their past. And Griffith is, like, coming up with this, like, battle plan, basically, to get Guts to stay, which involves, like, injuring him because he doesn't think of, like, any other way to do it. Um, but they both basically conclude this has to end in like one hit. So the one hit does happen. Uh, Griffith, his plan did not work out. Guts winds up tapping him on the shoulder, breaking his sword. 
Um, and, you know, he's left to, like, kneel there in the snow as Guts just keeps on walking. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's a really hard moment for everybody. They're all kind of stunned because they never expected Griffith to lose. He yeah. was kind of their trump, you know, their trump card. They're like, he's going to, like, win this and it'll be fine and everything will stay normal. So Casca is having, like, an existential, <laughs> sorry, an existential crisis about it. <laughs> and she yeah. she calls after Guts, but he keeps going, even though he, like, thinks about staying for a second. And uh, that's kind of the end of it, is Guts leaving in the snow and being like, you know what, I need to forge my own path, and I'm just going to keep going. And that was kind yeah. of where we left off last time. We talked a lot about, like, different motivations and, like, complexities, especially with Griffith last time. So if you want to hear all that, it's back there. We're going to have plenty of that this yeah. time, too. I promise. Oh yeah, <laughs> there, a lot, of, a lot of that to talk about this time. Yeah, there's, there's so much happening, but uh, we are now on chapter thirty-seven. I believe it is the beginning of volume nine. Uh, so this chapter is Skeleton Knight, which has a very raw like front panel. I will say that. Um, Super cool. That is Sick. the one, the the one remark I will make outside of the summary <laughs> before I start. Um, but, you know, Guts is out on his own and he's camping for the night. And he's like, he's a lot jumpier than usual without his team. He's gotten used to being around people and now he's having to learn how to be alone on the road again. Uh, we have this kind of funny little allegory where, like, there's this lone wolf he sees that, like, runs off afterwards after they make eye contact. Um, and he is you know, sitting there thinking about it. And he's like, you know, maybe like I should have stayed. Maybe I'm just throwing something away that is good. And I'm just like hindering myself. And he's also like, I only like started this because of what Griffith said. So is it like really something I'm doing for myself? And he's like, you know, as he's kind of like working on that and chewing on it, he feels this like shadow like loom over him and we see it too it's like this huge uh it looks a lot like zod i will say that like yeah. it has like the the bright eyes and the spiky hair and guts is just kind of like uh jesus fucking christ and he immediately reacts and lashes out at it but uh he his sword just like whiffs through the air and there's nothing there and he's just faced with, like, this forest where, like, the fog is kind of starting to accumulate. And he's trying to figure out how he misjudged the distance. And he's thinking about, like, the general aura of what he just experienced. And he remembers Zod. He's like, this is what it felt like when I was about to, like, fucking die. Yeah. It just, it's that kind of fear that just, like, clings to you. And, like, as he is, you know, still thinking about that... Uh, the shadow comes up behind him again and it has a different form this time. Um, but once again, gets, it's just like, how did he get behind me? I don't know like if I can even move or if it's going to kill me, but he feels it start to attack. So he retaliates. And then once again, he whiffs through the air there's nothing. But uh, as he's like kind of recovering from that, the fog around him starts to like congeal into something more solid and the first thing we see is, like, just a skull, like, floating <laughs> in the, like, nebulous fog. And much like Guts, I was like, 
that, that's pretty sick, but what the fuck? Um, and yeah. then it takes form into this knight who is probably like one of the goofiest but sickest designs I have ever seen in my life. He's this knight yeah. on a horse and his whole thing is themed after like a skeleton. So he has like a skull face. He has like this rib cage, like, um, oh my God, I cannot remember what, like a breastplate. He has like yeah. these like fang talon like shoulder guards uh his horse looks really fucked up he has like a skull horse skull armor thing happening uh it's very gothic looking and i recommend going to look at it in person uh whether it's on our totally legal pirating site or <laughs> else. um so he's he's facing this guy and he's like what is happening he's like scrambling to figure out who it is why he seems like Zod but he doesn't have to wait like too long because the Skull Knight starts to speak and he's talking about like these gears that have begun to turn he talks very like dramatically and I will quote him on a couple of things yes. but I'm gonna paraphrase a lot of it because this this guy's just he just saying shit he be, he be talking bro he be he talking <laughs> So <laughs> he's, you know, he's talking about these gears that have started to turn and Guts is, you know, understandably confused and even more so when the knight like addresses him and he calls him a struggler throughout this whole conversation. And he goes Reed. on to warn. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's like, "Oh, you you're trying, Strong. I guess." <laughs> but he goes on to warn him that like about a year from now, an eclipse is going to happen, and it's going to involve him, all his friends, and then a bunch of other people he hasn't met yet. And all of them are going to come together in, like, this one place, and they will encounter, and this is in quotes, um, a torrent of madness, a tempest of death for which the human yep. body could never atone. And I was just like, I don't even know how to paraphrase that, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, but, you know, he also adds that Guts needs to, like, you know, be aware of this thing that's going to happen and that he was he was born from death and is closer to death than anyone else, and that's why he's so yeah. good at escaping it, which is also a very, like, raw thing to just say to someone that you don't even know. Um, but... Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? like, you just walk up to someone and, like, you're really close to death, and that's crazy, man. But... Guts has kind of had enough of this dude, and but he continues on, and he says, and this is also in quotations because it's very dramatic, he says, uh, struggle, contend, wriggle, that alone is the sword of one who confronts death. Never forget this. And I'm like, that's pretty sick. Uh, wish I knew what yeah. you're talking about. So does Guts. He's like who are you? Like, how the fuck do you know this? And the knight's just kind of like, oh, I'm not going to answer that. And like cryptically like retreats back into the fog as he's adding like, you know, the one with the broken sword might be able to like do something about the situation. And like he trails off, like leaving it like, hmm, maybe you could do this. But before Guts can like run after him and be like, can you please explain what the fuck you are talking about? Yeah, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> what are you saying? But the fog vanishes and va the night vanishes with it. And he's kind of left to wonder if it was all a dream, actually. But he sees a horse shoe print in the ground and he's like, no, okay, that was a thing it's that definitely just real. 
that was that was fucking crazy. But um, meanwhile, while all this shit's going down, Guts is having his little like lonely camp. Um, we're back in the city, and it's raining pretty hard. And we come across, we come, we like zoom in on Princess Charlotte's window. Yes. And she's, you know, she's glum about the snow melting and about everything else. And like, as her maids are leaving for the night, they're like, kind of gossiping, honestly, about like how depressed she is. (laughs) And they're like, oh man, like all her relatives died, even like her like stepmother who like fucking hated her. And one of them's like, well, you know, it was like a complicated relationship, you know, like she kind of has reason to feel conflicted about a lot of it. But, you know, they're leaving and Charlotte's just like, all right, I guess I should like go to bed now. But before she can actually get to the bed, she's like, she's scared shitless by like this huge thud and someone tapping at her window. And she turns around and I would scream personally if I saw this, but she finds Griffith standing outside a branch, like outside her window, like at the tree yeah. that's like growing World's up. latest twink, Jesus I, Christ. I know. She's like, How, what the fuck? And you know, her maids are kind of like, are you good? And she's like, yeah, go away for the night. I'm fine. Um, and once they're gone, she like runs over and like opens up the window. And she's like, why are you here in the middle of the night while it's raining in a tree? And Reasonable response, yeah. Yeah, I would also have questions, you know. But Griffith, being Griffith, uh, completely ignores that and is just, like, greet, greets her, like, very, a very Griffith manner. Um, and, you know, she tries to be like, you know, like, if you get caught here, like, we're going to both be in deep shit. Like, you can't do this. And he's like... He kind of, like, turns on the charm. He manages to do that, even though he's obviously still very, like, distraught from everything that had happened earlier. And he's like, well, then you should, like, let me in, right? So nobody sees. And she's like, oh, yeah, duh. And she lets him in. Um, And once he's inside, he gives, like, in my opinion, like, a very insincere apology uh, before she's, you know, grabbing onto him. And she starts crying and giving him an earful about how much she's missed him for the past six months. And she was scared for him when he left and when he was in battle. And then again, like when she thought he was poisoned in the ballroom and she lost like so much of her <laughs> All family this shit. God while was gone. And like she feels guilty because she never tried to fix things with her stepmother. She's just like dumping. What's not cooking? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I've been, like, alone and fucking scared, and, like, why did you not come before now? Which is a very yeah. valid question. Like Normal you know, question. You know, if someone was pursuing me romantically and, like, didn't check in on me during all that, I would have a lot of questions, too, you know? Yeah. But Griffith, again, he doesn't answer any of this, and he has this very, like, blank look in his eye, like, this kind of, like, dead inside thing you know like when anime characters don't have like the sparkle in their eyes at all that's kind of where griffith is at with this um and so he's dealing with all of that and in that moment he decides his best option (laughs) is to pull charlotte close and then kiss her very deeply and that is kind of that first part thanks griffith yes We're, yes. we're, we're in for a ride Amazing, amazing boy, Griffith. Thank you for making choices that 
will make it amazing for me to record this podcast and not feel terrible at all. Slash. Slash. Yeah, with that, we go into chapter 38, um, which is called Start of the Everlasting Night, which um, sounds great, but we'll see. We'll see. It's not. Um, so Griffith um, kissing Charlotte. You can kind of see her nightgown because the light shining through and all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. I guess. But he's he's like holding her so close. She's like not even on the ground anymore. While Griffith is still like, you know, drenched in water. So he made this decision, as we can see, pretty just, you know, aggressively. And we lead into what um, is, you know, kind of Charlotte being shocked that this is happening. You know, somebody who's kind of had <laughs> Griffith to play, you know, coy with her this whole time. But, you know, she's shocked, but she, she starts to say no. Sometimes it starts to pull his hand away. And, you know, he keeps going for it. She kind of, you know, lets her hand down a little bit. And is like, in, you know, kind of like enjoying it for a while, right? But then she starts to be like, no, wait, we can't do this. Like, starts to kind of repeat everything she was saying before as Griffith, you know, leads her to the bed. They fall off the bed because, you know, Griffith tripped her onto the bed, right? <laughs> and as he's like, you know, on top of her, he's like, got he's directly on top of her, like dripping all this water from outside on top of her. I don't. I don't see how this could be a scene of sexy, you nasty motherfucker Griffith, just coming in with all this rainwater on you. It's going to smell like mildew the next day. But, oh my god. Um, he's like right over her, like asking her if she's afraid. She's like trembling, basically. He says, are you afraid? Take all the frightening and sad things and cast them into the fire, right? As he says, he says as he you know, reaches under her dress. Dramatic motherfucker. Yeah, very dramatically, right? And at this point, Charlotte isn't, like, trying to say no or anything like that, just to be clear. Like, it, this doesn't make this any weirdly rapey, as I'll talk about later, right? But, you know, she kind of goes into it with him, and we see, like, another of them both naked, about to have sex, right? So we cut to, surprisingly, the Band of the Hawk. Um, all pretty much licking their wounds after their boy guts left. Um... We see Casca basically come into this hall where we see um, <laughs> Pippin, Corcus, um, Ricker, and Judo, you know, all chilling, sitting together. Corcus is very obviously sloshed. Um, <laughs> um, definitely not crying about uh, Griffith being owned and Guts leaving. And, um, you know, Casca comes in and is like, has anybody seen Griffith so far? And Ricker being the only one that's not drunk, right? Because he's like five years old. Says, nope, I haven't seen him uh, since what happened today, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you know if I do see him. He's kind of distracted by Corcus, you know, saying some shit into his ear <laughs> about how drunk he is. If he kept, he's talking about it, it was a fluke that he got beat by, that Griffith got beat by Guts, right? It's kind of funny because this is just Corcus's way of handling, you know, what he thinks is like his leader's dreams being shattered. But, you know, um, Casca walks away very somberly with, um, you know, kind of an intent to go somewhere specific. And she goes to where um, Guts left his broken sword and his armor, which we saw him do right before he headed out, right? And she grabs this broken sword and she holds it closer. Then we flash back to um, Griffith and Charlotte, who are in the middle of having very rough and intense sex, right? So we get like these different flashes of, you know, her breast, him grabbing her him you know, sucking on her nipples and all this shit. It's very like sweaty and aggressive. And in the middle of this, he thinks of guts, right? And specifically it's the conversation they had before um, guts actually left, right? A month before that happened when 
he asks him, you know, do you think I'm cruel? And Guts is like, well, you know, this is him. And, you know, as, as we see that panel, we go back into Griffith, you know, being very rough with Charlotte, like thrusting into her really hard. And it's followed by another panel of Guts leaving, right? And you can kind of tell that Griffith is taking his aggression out on Charlotte while they're having sex. Um, she's saying no, and you could tell she's in pain sometimes, but he just keeps going, right? And we get this full page panel of, um, <laughs> it's kind of weird, it's upside down, so it's also a little hard to read, but um, it's like Griffith and, and um, Charlotte, like they're in like missionary position, like <laughs> Charlotte like superimposed over the background. Um, it's a That's cool looking... Yes, she's co- basically she's coming, right, is what they're trying to tell us. Yeah. And just to go, kind of go over the scene again, Griffith, if every time we're shown his face, he's not moaning, he's not like an ecstasy or anything, he's not like, because we've seen like other sex scenes, right? And we can tell that like Charlotte's into this, he's not into this at all, he's completely disconnected. He is not present at all in this whole situation. But anyway, we flash to a panel of Casca, who's gone back to her room. It's storming outside, as we saw when Mr. Creepy was outside of Charlotte's room on the window, in the window. But, you know, she's kind of just mourning the loss of, you know, Guts leaving the band. And, you know, we kind of leave her to do that. But we go back to the castle that Charlotte's staying in. And one of the maids is coming by to check on Charlotte. And as she peeps through the keyhole, the first thing she sees is Charlotte having sex with Griffith. <laughs> Like, very vividly, it's the right. only thing she can see through the keyhole. Like, it's obvious, right? Like, <laughs> the panel is like, that. yeah, they're like in missionary and he's like grabbing her tits or something. And he's like, oh, no. And immediately runs to go tell some sort of authority, right? So we flash forward to the next morning. It seems to be, right? It doesn't, it, it seems like maybe a couple of hours have passed. But Charlotte's asleep in bed, sweaty. Um, and Griffith is also sweaty, but he's not asleep at all, right? He's not cuddling her. He's not sitting next to her. Um, before I continue, if you are reading along, this page has been memed to fucking death, um, where it's Griffith sitting next to Charlotte, like post coitus or whatever. And he's looking down. This is where that meme comes from, right? Just so people know, right? Anyway, so (laughs) this is, this is me with the meme halfway through this traumatic, traumatic scene, but you know, Griffith is leaning over and you kind of, we get and get a look at his face as he, you know, feels parts of his body. He feels a scar he has on his shoulder from where Guts hurt him. And he starts to cry. And he goes to the fetal position and we get this all-black panel of him on Charlotte's sheets, holding himself, looking very weak and very, you know, very regretful. Not even regretful of what happened with Guts, but kind of mourning that situation the same way Casca is, right? Now, flash to the morning, right? And Charlotte's waking up. She's kind of in a daze. Notices it's morning time. The sun's like shining through the windows. And she notices that Griffith isn't there anymore. And the window's cracked open. So she gets up to try to like see if she can catch him. But then she notices that Griffith left the um, figure she gave him before he, before he went off to battle. He left it in bed with her. Um, along with a small like 
want to call this a weed, but it's like it's like a little charm that's on it. It looks like a little small flower or something. But, it's just like a flower you picked outside, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's like a small flower you picked outside that he left on the sheets with this token. That if you guys remember, this happened like maybe like ten episodes or something ago. But Charlie gave this to him before him and the band went off on one of their big battles, right? Um, so as she's getting up, she hurts because you know. Rough sex will do that with a man who's taking his anger out on you. And she notices she's, yeah, and <laughs> she notices she's bleeding. Which, by the way, Charlotte was also a virgin, which has been discussed before. Right? Um, it, it, very, this is also very rudimentary um, sex education um, from the perspective of a 20-something-year-old Miro, which is kind of funny. You break your opinion. hymen. Yeah, he, he broke her hymen um, when he had the sex with her. Um, only women who are virgins bleed from sex, as we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it turns out that Griffith actually did not leave that long ago. So we go outside, and he's actually jumping over, jumping out of the castle, making his escape, right? just making his little Assassin's Creed jumps and everything. And he looks up towards the window as as towards Charlotte's window as he leaves. But right when he whips his head around. He is surrounded by soldiers from Midland, and they all have their spears pointed at him. And yeah, it turns out that that maid immediately went and told some authority about what was happening in Charlotte's room. So um, this fancy-looking motherfucker walks up and says, "Well, well, if it isn't His Excellency, the future White Phoenix General," you know, kind of you know, razzing him, like saying, "Well, why are you here sneaking around the palace at this hour, right?" And <laughs> Griffith, who Remember, this is the next thing he did after he was kind of like sulking from getting his arm hit by by guts. Um, realizes that he doesn't have his sword at all. Which, to be fair, do I think he could have taken a couple of these guys? Yeah, but could he have? Probably not. <laughs> but you know, the general that showed up says, "No doubt the details will be determined without haste." But for now, we're going to take you into custody. So they all put their spears around his neck, and Griffith is effectively taken captive by. Um, the Midland Guards. So we cut to the castle, and it's the hallway in front of Charlotte's room, and it's the king. And, the, you know, Charlotte's different maids and handmaids and stuff are chasing him, and they're like, hey, wait, don't run into the room. Like, if he, if anything happens, like, we don't know what'll happen to the lady in court. Like, we don't know what she saw. Maybe, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe Griffith didn't you know, deflower the princess. Maybe that made know what she was talking about. And, you know, as he's saying all as she's saying all this, the king is not paying attention. He's just storming straight to her room. So he tells her, silence. And as he says that, he throws open Charlotte's door. And right, Charlotte woke up, right? But and she got dressed and everything. She got back in bed, probably feeling very sore from the night before and everything. But she's laying in bed and she's like, Oh, father, why are you here? What is the matter? You're coming here so early. Like very obviously trying to hide something. Even if you are my father, you should never just burge into an adolescent girl's room without permission. How thoughtless. And, you know, as she's saying this, um, the father is looking around the room and he notices hickeys on her neck and on her breasts. And he notices a puddle of water on the ground, basically confirming the story, right? And he goes wide-eyed, grabs the covers and whips them off the bed and sees blood on the bed, right? And... You know, he has the shitty dad moment um, of seeing his daughter. Um, We get this actually, this almost full page panel of Charlotte looking very, very mortified and nervous in front of the blood on the bed sheets. And all the king can say is Charlotte. And then we get another page of 
Uh, Griffith looking very calm about being arrested, since he probably thinks he's going to get away with it, which he will not. Um, <laughs> and with that, we go into um, chapter 39. The which... best chapter. <laughs> yeah, another great chapter um, after we get um, some good old-fashioned manipulation of a child from Griffith. But anyway, we get... We go directly into another chat. This chapter, once again, no intro, pair, no intro images or anything like that. We just see a door slowly swing open. We see Griffith's eye, um, cat somebody walking into the room. You can barely make out who it is, but you know, as he's realized, it's starting to see who's coming in the room. We get a zoom out of where Griffith is, and he is in what is definitely a torture chamber. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he is like in hell um, as far as torture chambers are concerned. And I'm just going to describe it real quick. There are um, Iron Maidens in the background. For people who don't know, it's like those coffins full of spikes that just slam people into. Um, there are multiple like um, there's like those devices where you like grind somebody through it into like a bucket of blood, basically. And you know, there's a grate to drain all the blood into. There's a there's a fire that has coals burning in it with like, you know, tongs to pick them up to burn the victim. And in the middle of all this, we see Griffith. For some reason pants still on. I guess that was the one dignity they could give him. But besides that it's underwear. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. He has like his like long johns on basically, right? Like he's in his like underwear. Um, and the only thing he has on is his underwear in the bailet. And surprise, surprise, the person who walked into the torture room, who would have guessed it was the king. And all he has to say is, you know, Griffith's name before launching into how he was so, you know, ready for him to become part of his army. And, you know, those words said to you then were no fit. I really trusted you, man. Like there were no few slandered group. Ah, there were few, not a few who slandered your group of the band of thieves, but I didn't think so. Right. Like I really had believe in you guys. But here you go. Having sex with my daughter is basically what he's leading up. I'm not going to read the rest of what he says because you know, basically all he's saying is like, I believe that you guys didn't have to earn things based off of merit. And I believe the guys' actions are better than your resources, but you are still a thief and a thief is a thief referring to, I'm assuming Charlotte's virginity. Right. And as he's saying this, he grabs a whip off the wall and full force just smacks Griffith with it. And it whips around his body, probably catching his back as well. When we see blood drawn. Right. And, you know, the the king continues to go in on, you know, both Griffith and his daughter for some reason, calling her selfish and saying that she doesn't know what it means to be of her status and the importance of royal blood. You know, like, you know, she you could have pointed, you could have tainted the bloodline, Mr. Griffith, since, you know, as we all know, there are no condoms in Berserk land. Um, but, you know, this is really excessive and it's frivolous and she's a foolish girl and you took advantage of her. But even so, and, you know, as he's doing this, he smacks Griffith in his face with the whip. You know, he's saying that this is his whole life and that Griffith took it from him, right? And he's saying that, you know, nothing is of value to me if I don't have my daughter. There's nothing I could stop from, you know, decades of war and all of this shit, and I still can keep her somebody from her. And while he's going into this whole tirade about how wars rage on and what value is there in this life and all this shit, he is beating the hell out of Griffith. Just back and forth, whip after whip after whip. Griffith can't do anything. He's bound by his hands and he's hanging from the ceiling. Um, and all that was is that, you know, and, and eventually he goes into, you know, 
All he wanted from this world was warmth. The only warmth I could protect from this world was my poor Charlotte. And you plucked it for me. It's unforgivable. She's not my daughter anymore because you snuck into her room and had sex with her. It's so terrible. You've taken the one flower that gives me warmth. Just very normal things for a father to say. Um, and, you know, he kind of confirms. He's like, you know, I brought her up 17 years and she knows no impurity. And now that she's given herself up to the sport of a commoner, I'd rather that... I'd rather, and, you know... Griffith, even though he just got the shit beat out of him and he's dripping blood, decides to finish the sentence for the king and says, you know, you'd rather to have been with the princess. To have been with Princess Charlotte would have had had her yourself. Don't you want her to have you? Basically saying to his face, yeah, we know you wanted to have sex with your daughter. Just very normal, non-spiteful and probably, you know, truthful things that he's saying to the king right now, right? And the king loses his shit. And before he can even continue to lose his shit, Griffith finally gets to talk. And he's like, yeah, you know, I thought it was strange. She's 17 years old. And, you know, there's a lot of profit to be made from marriages these days. And in the political world, that's how you, you know, get warring nations to stop warring. But you didn't want to let her go. And you kept her in this cage like a little bird for, you know, your 17-year-old daughter. And... While he's telling him, like, you know, how weird it is that he has a relationship with his daughter, the king is fuming. He's, like, grinding his teeth mad. And, you know, eventually Griff gets to it and is like, you know, eventually you kind of resigned yourself to, you know, try to harness that monster because you know you want to have sex with your daughter, right? And he's like, you know, while you were born to the sword, called the throne and held it, it was nothing more than a burden to you. You're not even worth being a king, right? You've done nothing more than fail. So even with, you know, blood dripping down from him, probably no prospects getting out of this torture chamber, Griffith is just letting him know, you're not even worthy of your position and you're an old freak who just wants to have sex with his daughter. And the king doesn't like this, so he says silence and immediately beats the shit out of Griffith some more in probably a twice as worse rampage as he did before. The whip goes fully around Griffith's body and draws blood every single joke that the king hits him with it. He tells him to be quiet. He tells him to stop talking. He's like, what the hell do you know? What does a fool like you know about being a king, the land, the history? Basically saying, what do you know about my job? If it's so easy, why don't you do it? It's so easy not to try to bang your daughter, right? Um, God, just being sorry. a real fucking dickhead about things. And his men are looking on in, like, anger. And, like, not anger, but, like, you know, kind of, like, awe and, like, shock, right? Because at this point... Griffith's blood is splattered all over the wall. He's basically like a river of blood, like falling to the ground. And even after all of this, he smirks. And not even the guys who came into the chamber with the king can believe that this guy just smiled at the king after he just beat the shit out of him, right? So then we get our good old dose of ableism real quick, because right after that, the king kind of turns around and goes... Well, I wonder if that will last forever, you know, that little confidence you got. And he goes, torturer, and calls in the torturer, who is, you know, a man who is disfigured. He has a cleft lip. He's a lot shorter than everybody else. And he comes in, bends, and he also has a speech impediment, but I'm going to say all those words normal. Um, He bends over to the king and kneels to him. And he's like, yes, sir. (laughs) And the king says, do whatever you wish with this man. He has sinned gravely against Midland's royal house. And the the torturer is like, are you certain? I mean, however, I mean, you know, that that's crazy, right? Like, you want me to torture this guy? Because clearly he's heard about who Griffith is. And, you know, 
the king is like, oh, no, 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 don't kill him. However feebly, he shall, he shall live another year. So his plan is to keep Griffith alive through torture for a year. And, you know, he's like, we'll see if he sees the gravity of his crimes after a year. And the torturer is loving this. So he's like, oh, awesome. And he starts, you know, giggling a lot, kneels again. And, you know, right as this guy's reveling in this, the king says, hey, but first, listen, I forbid you tell anyone anything about this. By my royal judicial power, I charge this man personally with treason against Midland's royal house. You know, talks about protecting his daughter's dignity and how nobody can hear about this, you know. So he's more so talking about how, hey, don't talk about, oh, we have this guy under here. Because then people will know that, you know, my daughter is no longer, you know, proper royalty. So, you know, as he's heading out, he says, you are young. No doubt your heart burned with dreams and ambition. If you had but known your place, you might possibly have attained them. No, this must have been because you're young. It's disappointing that the White Hawk of the battlefield would destroy himself over such a worthless matter. I never would have guessed, you know, worthless matter, his daughter. Um, just, just pointing that out. He's like, well, this is the end of your dreams, ambition, everything. It will never take flight again. And with that, we get, oh, wait, no. And more importantly, he says, the hawk has fallen to earth. And with that, we get one of the last panels we'll see of Griffith in quite a while. Um, his face completely shadowed blood dripping down from him and scars from the whip beatings. And well, we go directly to the next scene with the King, right? So we flash outside to the King's palace and, you know, he's like, where's Charlotte? Well, until a bit ago, she'd been crying and somebody tells him, well, until a bit ago, she'd been crying, but the doctor gave her medicine and she just fell asleep. So the King says, okay, until I say otherwise, no one is to come near this room and triple the current number of palace cards, right? Basically just putting Midland on lockdown and telling nobody to come near Charlotte because God, God forbid, um, the guy that you locked up in the chamber come back to have sex with her because he's definitely going to get out of there. <laughs> so, you know, the king walks into Charlotte's room, not creepy at all, and she's passed out, right? Like, the doctor just said they gave her some meds that put her to sleep, basically. So she's passed out, finally getting to sleep off some of that pain and all that stuff. But king sits down next to her and he starts thinking. He's like, you know, the years have brought out so much of her mother's face. And he like starts thinking about how she looks like her mom. And he talked about how like, oh, he totally touched these lips. And he's looking at his daughter in a very non-fatherly way. He begins to be very gross and starts to undo Charlotte's dress. Um, starts talking about her body and how you know Griffith was touched and by this and his tongue and his tears touched her and everything. And he starts to grope Charlotte. He undoes her dress. He reveals her breasts. And he's basically just molesting her at this point. Partway through this, Charlotte wakes up and sees the king directly over her, trying to lick, starting to lick her breast. And she immediately starts screeching no, as we see the king turn into what I can describe as like an incredibly more demonic looking version of himself on all fours, crawling over Charlotte. So as we get this shot of Charlotte backing away from her father as after he fully undressed her, we see another shot of Griffith. But this time, it's a zoom out from the chamber he's being kept in, where he, his only source of light is a hole in the wall. And all he thinks is worthless. This is worthless. And with that, we get the end of chapter 38, 39, The Fallen Hawk. Um, and we're definitely not going to have to start next episode with one of the worst scenes I have read so far in Berserk. 
plenty to talk about here. Yes, no. So, um, just just a warning for anybody listening: we are gonna have to like finish that scene between Charlotte and her father next yeah. time. Um, it's quick. It's quick, but it is something that does have to be resolved. Um, but yeah, uh, plenty to talk about, especially in those last two chapters of um, yeah. Griffith ruining his life in a matter of um, minutes. <laughs> Yeah, just, like, speed running that shit. He was like, I'm going to, like, tank this in, like, the most, like, go down in flames possible kind of way. Um, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm going to try to go in order, because I actually use, like, sticky tabs and stuff, so I'm going to try to, like, organize my thoughts. Yes, no problem. But- so, leaving behind all the incredibly horrible things that we just witnessed, and a couple of very big things that we are going to be talking about extensively. Yes. Um, back with gut. I can't imagine, like, going from being alone to, like, having people around you 24-7, and then, like, leaving again. And just, yeah. like, having nothing at that point, you know? Which is, like, it's just insane, because, like, I don't know if he's ever actually done that before, right? Because we know he's been, quote-unquote, like, a mercenary, but it seems like he's always, like, rolled with somebody besides the one time he had to fight (laughs) wolves by himself. Yeah, like, he's pretty much always, like, been on the fringes, but he didn't get attached, and so, like, it's very much like leaving his family, but... Mm-hmm. He's talking about, like, back then, he was like, you know, like, it didn't even occur to me that, like, I didn't have to, like, live like this. But now right. I, like, know what it's like to not live like this. And that, that shit kind of sucks, man. Like, I, I kind of mm-hmm. wish I didn't know that. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. Yeah. And then just, like, when he's talking about, like, well, like, I only had this idea because Griffith was, like, saying shit. So, like, am I really, like, distinguishing myself from him with this? Can I say I'm, like, doing this on my own? And then he's, like, <laughs> thinking about, like, all the shit Corcus said. Which, like, to be fair, Corcus was really shitty to him. But. Yeah. 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 No. I-, I think that that was really funny that Corcus was, like, <laughs> losing his shit over Griffith losing. Like, he oh had to immediately God. get, he had to get blackout drunk after that happened because he just couldn't believe. And everyone's <laughs> It's kind of hilarious. Like they won't admit it, but they are. <laughs> it's just yes. like man. They're they're just... more like crushed that their leader got like owned. So they're kind of like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> they're like guts left, but what the fuck was that shit? Good God! But yeah, it's just I don't know. It's also interesting to like see this like after he seemed so, like, resolute as he was leaving, because we, like, saw him almost crack a couple of times last episode when he was, like, yeah. where he was, like, mm, I should say something to Casca, or oh, maybe I should reconsider this, and he just had to keep going. So it's, like, now he's just, like, man, it's doubt time. It is night time. It is time to regret all my fucking life choices. Uh, we're just, <laughs> we're here. Yep. 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 Um, but... I I really also quickly I really like the panel with Zod's shadow a lot. Like I know it's not a full screen yes. thing, but that shit's sick as hell. I really like it. And you can tell who Zod is is my favorite part. Like you can tell it's supposed to be Zod. Oh, yeah. It's like no question that like like Zod showed up and Skull Knight just knocked him out of the way or something like that happened. Like and and, 
and for people who like have been following, right? Yeah, like, this is Skull, this is Skull Knight's very first ap- appearance in the series, right? Well, we're gonna see him more, yeah. So keep him in mind. This isn't just like some random apparition, right? So my favorite part about Skull Knight, and you were talking about this earlier, is how he has a lot to say, but he won't like get to the point. No, so, <laughs> so stupid ass. <laughs> He's it's 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 like he's like be not afraid and then start saying like cryptic shit at you and then you're like uh huh you have a skull for a face can you be more clear because I'm, f- I'm shitting my pants right now and you like and the <laughs> <laughs> um the way I saw the shadow was like he only like knew that presence from Zod before and it felt that way. But I kind of like uh-huh. your interpretation too of like Zod was there and Skull Knight's like, no, it's my turn. I just think that's a very funny like mental image <laughs> to have. Yes, no, right? Like, like, because like in my head it was like they move so fast that like Guts didn't even have time to like comprehend what had just happened. Yeah. Like, because like, and I'm slightly ahead, which is why I'm like thinking about this, oh, right? Yeah. I'll talk about this later. I'll, I'll talk about that reasoning later. But um, yeah, so I like it because the, the this is also, I like, it's Mira starting the tonal shift mm-hmm. that is about to happen with all the demons and stuff. Yeah. Because it is like, oh, hey, well, hey, here's um, here's this new character that is also from all of that shit. Don't worry. Um, it's not just going to be Zod the whole time, which is kind of why Zod pops up for a second. It's like, he's not the only one. Like, you, you thought this is just going to be Zod again, but... But... Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I... It's actually Skull Knight, which is... It's One of the sickest character designs I've ever seen. I love Skull Knight's design goofy so much. It's very good. <laughs> it's also just very like uh <laughs> like goth art student thinks up a knight outfit kind of thing. Like it's oh, very, a thousand percent. It's very funny in that sense. I just I love Skull Knight for the record. Also his name is actually Skull Knight. Like we're not just like getting yes. him that. It's really funny to yes. me also. But um yeah, I don't know. Like also what a like sick intro to just like emerge out of the fog, like slowly. Be not afraid. He's like, hey, <laughs> and Guts is like, what the hell is that? What is happening? And then I don't know. And then he just like starts saying shit, just like talking. Struggling. <laughs> He's like, hey bitch, looks like you're having a hard time. He's like, like, like Gus is shaking in his boots, thinking he has to fight this dude, and he's going, he's going, one year hence shall be the time of the eclipse. And Gus is like, huh? He's just what? Like, I don't know what to make of any of this shit happening right now. It's, <laughs> I just, also, every panel with the Skull Knight is amazing, and I'm also just like, damn, you just got, like, a lady with, like, her boobs and pussy out on your horse armor. That's kind of impressive. Yeah. Like, li- li- of itself. <laughs> honestly. Honestly, though. Like, just, just, just chilling. And, uh, and my, my favorite part is the, the horse itself also has skull armor. Like, right. and it's got, like, and it's also, like, definitely not of this world or whatever. And... Um, I think he might have might say he might say this later, but the Skull Knight is kind of floating, but he's also really large. Like, yeah. there's a little panel you can see where he's like above guts, but it's definitely not like like the the horse doesn't have like super long legs, right? He's like right. floating in the air, and he's like this messenger character, but it's also I feel like, like signifier to like 
hey, remember when you read those earlier chapters um, and the guys talked like this and they kept saying, remember when this thing happened and Guts was really mad at this guy named Griffith? Hey, that's about to happen. Like, yeah. It's like, hey, remember, this is, this is all coming for full circle. So yeah. that interaction was super brief, but I felt like it was like necessary because it, it oh, yeah. I mean, considering what happens after, we're kind of like an omen. Like, hey, yo, shits are really about to go down because your boy's about to get snatched up for um having sex with the princess so <laughs> yeah no yeah. i also like how when he leaves it's literally just like that sailor moon tuxedo mask thing where he's like my job here is done and she's like but you didn't do anything and he like flips his cape and walks away like yes. it's literally <laughs> same fucking energy absolutely i that was that's my favorite thing about skull knight is like he does from what i've heard i don't know because i haven't gotten that far from what i've heard he does get more useful and like helpful to guts right mm-hmm. and he, i've already seen one of those parts but just like this is his intro and it's him being like nah but like you need to worry about this thing mm-hmm. um i can't but i also feel like he is kind of like i'm gonna tell you about this because there's not really much i can do about it this is just some shit right. that's gonna happen so, <laughs> so yeah yeah, like, yeah. just just so you're aware, so you have, like, a little context, and Guts is like, that's not any context, and he's like, just so you have a little context, like, as a you little, little, <laughs> A little, just a little context, but bye, he, like, turns his fog machine back on and leaves, yeah. It's... Yeah, he's like, mm, maybe, like, as he leaves, and Guts is like, maybe what? Like, what are you saying to me right <laughs> now? Like, what is happening? And he's like- You and okay. your friends! <laughs> yeah, he's like- uh, okay, that was like fake, right? And then he sees like the horseshoe, and he's like, "Fuck, god damn it!" <laughs> yeah, that and that's my favorite part is guts being like, "That didn't happen, right?" And he did this right after um the Zod thing too. He's like, "That didn't happen, right?" And then he sees the footprint, and he's like, "Ah, uh, fuck." Ah, uh, like, hell. Yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about that still. So like, and this is at the point in the story where I feel like Mira is doing a good job, like reminding us, like. Eclipse, eclipse. This is it. The eclipse event is starting. Like it's it's coming, and this is like one of those moments. I think we get like another reminder in like two chapters, like <laughs> of right. hey, shit's about to go down. And and now that I'm thinking about this, like sometimes this has directly to do with like something that has to do with Griffith. So like this almost feels like the whole kind of came to him as like Griffith had finally stood up from his spot in the snow and was like running to Charlotte's. Right, yeah. so it's almost funny to see that, like, whoever these guys are Zod, Skull Knight, all of them they're like watching them, and it's kind of creepy yeah. to think, like, where are they watching them from? Like, this guy was obviously around the corner from Guts, like, they're just monitoring them to wait for something, and it's kind of up for the reader to be like, what the fuck are they waiting for? Like, why are they all just on like the fringes of everything? Yeah, it's like in they're just like using like the Kingdom Hearts portals to like teleport around. <laughs> Basically, though, <laughs> that's what it feels like. I'm just like, how do you get here? All right, you're here now. Yeah, yeah, it's like God, cool Skull Knight. Okay, cool, it's odd. Yeah, it's it's like that good little signifier. But I mean, I feel like the real big like thing, right, is the whole Charlotte and Griffith situation, mm-hmm. and. Reading this was, like, very hard to read. Not because, like... Yeah. Like, for me, it was hard to read because you could tell why he was doing... I could tell why he was doing this. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's rough enough because, like, he's taking advantage of the fact that Charlotte is, like, in love with him, right? Like, Charlotte right. is 
absolutely like enamored with him. Like even when she has like her like princessly values telling her don't have sex with this guy. Like this is not good. Like she still wants to because she likes him. Right. Yeah. And he's also being very forceful on top of that because he's trying to take control of her because he needs to he wants this to happen. He needs to control something. Like, like it's the like go over the sex scene thing again. Like he's like pulling on her. He's like throwing really hard. She's like not really able to like get a word in in a lot of this, right? Mm -hmm. And I will say, like, as far as like what Mira is I'm, I feel like what I'm saying is funny. I feel like I'm like, Mira's definitely had sex before. But I feel like when Mira's trying to, like, convey here is a good, like, juxtaposition of things. Because he splits those panels of, like, guts in there, right? Mm -hmm. So it ex it's extra hurtful. Because it's like, because to me, I was like, he is, like, basically about to turn this woman's life into turmoil because of his anger. Yeah. And he's, like, ruining this for her because, I mean, for sure she's, like, fantasized about this and shit, right? And then next thing you know, it's just, hey, I lost my best friend. I'm going to come fuck you as hard as I can. And it, which is, like... Like, okay. <laughs> incredibly manipulative and just awful, yeah. like, considering the situation, right? Considering on top of the fact he was already forcing this relationship for status. Something that Judo and Guts talked about at length a couple episodes ago. Right. So... Yeah, it's it's a whole fucked up situation that I think Mira does a great job, like, showing how, like, and, like, part of it is, like, yeah, he's being horny, right? Like, he draws Charlotte very sexily or whatever the whole time, right? Like, which is, yeah, anyway. But it's also, like, he draws it with the motion that he does, like, the violence scenes and stuff. So yeah. I feel like he really is, like, trying... Like, that's more of the message he's trying to get across. Like, Griffith looks, like, in fucking sane in some of these panels. Like, there's one... The one where, like, Griffith says, you don't believe that, do you? I mean, Guts says, you don't believe that, do you? Like, the panel to the right of that, like, he's not there. And yeah. it reminds me of Guts's like you know, moments where he was, like, going insane on, like, armies of dudes, right? So I feel like that's where he was trying to go with, like, this is, like, sex, but this isn't, like, like good sex. This is, like, a man taking his anger out on a 17-year-old. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really dark, in my opinion. Yeah. I really... Ugh. There but. is a lot with it. Um, <laughs> I had a stupid note in here. I was like, at least he did foreplay, uh, because he kind of yeah. did. Yeah. I'm not going to give him notes for that, by the way, but like, at least he did something before sticking his dick in. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's also like, obviously this will be later on, but like, <laughs> the dad's reaction is just so fucking stupid. And like, I, I know we're going to get to that, but like, because yeah. Griffith's like 18, 19 around yes. this point, right? And yeah. his daughter's 17. So like, it's like very within their age range and like nature even to kind of do shit yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, I don't know. It's very, a lot of shit's wild, but yeah, like the whole time with like the sex scene, like this is uh, incredibly painful to actually watch by the way. Like there's a lot of emotions going on in right. the anime <laughs> when this is I'm sure. happening. It's a lot, but um, yeah, it's just, yeah. It it's the whole thing is hurtful because like you know like you know she 
like you said, like he's kind of ruining this for her in the way that like she's been kept from like literally having any romance by her dad. We get that confirmed later. Like yes, he doesn't yeah. let anybody near her. She's probably rarely talked to men outside of her family. You know, mm. like it was kind of a big deal that she was probably even allowed to talk to Griffith. So it's like there's that happening and then Griffith is obviously hurting the whole time because like even yeah. when they it's at the beginning, like he just looks so vacant. Like it's not yeah. even He's just like, I need to do something in this moment, and he chooses to do that, which is a horrible idea. Um, yeah, especially because he knows what... I feel like he doesn't even consider what the actual consequences are. Like, no, no, the, the, no, no, like, the emotional consequences of Charlotte. He doesn't care about that, right? No. Um, which, which, like, you start to kind of think maybe he knows how fucked up this is, because... Like, there's a moment where, like, he grabs her breast and, like, is starting to push her onto the bed. And she's, like, starting to say no, right? And there's a face from him as he's pushing her onto the bed where you can tell he's, like, distressed. Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, it's, like, the moment where he did have those guys assassinate, like, guts assassinate those guys after they paid them to kidnap the uh, his daughter. It's, like, that moment all over again, right? It's, like, he knows this is fucked up, but is it going to stop him? Like, it's it's very, like... And he knows it's cruel, quote unquote, right? But is it going to stop him? Right. And you know the the juxtaposition of that with <laughs> with you know Oscar going to like hold Guts's sword is you know honestly I thought that was pretty sick because I was like oh I didn't even expect to see them in here and then that happened and I'm like oh that's good juxtaposition because it's also like it's like her realizing she lost Griffith and Guts but it's also like you can see that like. Griffith also lost Casca because he's not even thinking about he's not even thinking about the the band like the yeah. band doesn't even matter to him right now because the implications of this are very obvious like if you go and quote unquote deflower the the princess or whatever and you get caught that's everybody's fucking heads like that's yeah. not just Griffith that's not just Charlotte getting you know assaulted by her father that's everybody is like might as well be dead so yeah. that's kind of what got me is like. They even show, like, the rest of the hawk is mourning for him. And what is he doing? Taking advantage of somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't even have anything to add to that. I think that's a really yeah. good way of, like, paraphrasing it. It's just... Yeah. It's a hard scene to watch because you know it's a bad thing. <laughs> but you also, yeah. like, understand. You're like, I'm not, like, yeah. endorsing this. But, like, I know why it's happening. And also, like, late, we see it kind of later on, too. And I forgot mm. that was, like, Guts's sword that, like, hit him there. Because I was thinking about, like, when he was talking to Casca in the river and, like, clawing at his shoulder and stuff. And I was right. like, oh, is it those scars? Oh, no, no. You're absolutely... Right. No, I, th I think I think you're right. Because okay. let me see. Because it... Because now that you say that, I'm, I'm certain that's probably more so what it is. Because this is a direct reference to that moment. like Right. Because it's like, a reference. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering that because, like, it seems like a lot of the way Griffith, like, deals with very high emotions is by being hypersexual. And, like, that's why yes. he, like, you know, he felt bad about, like, people dying for him. And he's like, what can I do? I'll go fuck this old guy. And, like, and then later he's like, uh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Actually, I'm not, like, ripping myself up about this yeah. at all. And then, like, now yeah. he went and did something very reckless and putting, like, literally everything he's dreamed for, like, on the table at risk. And yeah. he's, like, realizing that. And he's realizing that, like, 
you know, he lost like one of the few people who really genuinely mattered to him. And because of his own, like everything, but I just like, I don't know. I, that page like (laughs) fucking hurts a lot. Like this whole chapter hurts a lot, but that page especially like really gets me because it's just so like, it's the first time he's letting himself really cry and like process things and like realizing that he's like doing it again or whatever, you know, like the same thing before. And like, he doesn't have anyone to turn to because he knows he can't tell Casca about it with how she acted the last time which we kind of talked about but he doesn't have guts to go to either anymore because he's gone and this is all because of him also so yeah he's very like fucked up basically like (laughs) on the inside about all of this because like you said it just takes him back to that moment and thank god mira doesn't you know flash that moment back at us or something like we need a reminder um and yeah he's 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 like he, that's the thing is like this is one of those moments where you're like yes griffith is definitely aware of what he is doing yeah. it's not like he's so like against in his goal he's like blind to what the implications are mm-hmm. no he knows what he's doing and he knows why he did it but i feel like part of it is that he doesn't know how to control it if that makes sense because yeah. that's just how he deals with things like like you said it's about being hypersexual it's about you know well i need to sell myself out to get money um because i feel bad that this kid died so i need to go have sex with this old man um and after that he felt like shit right like and but to him that was worth it because it was like at the time before he did the action it was worth it because he needed to you know yeah feel something and he needed to feel like the pain of having that kid fucking die on the battlefield and now this time it's like the it's like the exact opposite it's like it's like one of those things where i'm like yeah he might be punishing himself but also i think part of it is like I can't control anything in my life, but I do know one thing I can't control, which is, like, very fucked up, honestly. I'm also wondering if it's, like, kind of a parallel in that way. Like, as you were talking, um, I started thinking about this, but, like, he knows... We've talked, like, several times, even, like, right before Guts left, about how Charlotte is the only way he can get to the crown, right? So it's almost like... It's the same, like, money concept, you know? He's like, if I do this... I'll get Mm. this end goal, right? It'll be this thing and it'll be worth it for everybody. But it's also doesn't work this time because there's so many other things involved and the stakes are so much higher. Um, Yes. He's applying kind of the same logic in some ways while also, you know, trying to get control, trying to like, you know, exert power over something because he couldn't keep like the one person he did want to keep. And so it's just a lot of mixed things. And he's kind of realizing that, like, as he's sitting there and he's just like, fuck, <laughs> like, this was not yeah. a good idea. But here we are, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot happening in this chapter and like. A fuck ton. <laughs> so much. And it's like, this is also the start of when I'm just like, I just want Charlotte to be happy. This is where I always wind up with like yeah. all of the women in this. I'm like, I would like you to have happiness. <laughs> right. Cause like, it, it, it's one of those things where like, I I'm glad that Mir does this thing with Griffith where one of his flaws is like his tendency towards hypersexuality when he's mm-hmm. upset about something, which is a trope that I feel is given to way more women in the media than it is men to men. Yeah. Um, even though it's something that, a lot of people do in general, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a um, it's also getting into a lot of, yes, it's a genre. It, exactly. It's, 
this this trope is also given to a lot of gay people in media as well. So yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. So this being given to um, Griffith, who I know I joke about him being gay all the time, right? But like he's yeah. Anyway, this being given to Griffith is to me like a good thing because it's one of those character traits that you don't see really put on to like a male main character and have it be like a real flaw. Like yeah, I think this is gonna sound really fucking funny. But I think the one of the only pieces of media I've watched recently that did this in like an effective way was I think like Archer or some shit. Like in like season six oh or God. seven, <laughs> they like flip they like flip the stereotype of him like being over hyperly sexual about stuff, right. and like he makes a huge mistake that he can't get he can't like correct it right? right and it's like a main character dying because like he was too busy getting his dick wet or something right right and like and like. That's the thing is like seeing those kind of tropes happen where like a man isn't immediately rewarded for pursuing sex or gaining that, you know, thing he wanted, which is usually sex is good. Right. Because it's like I feel like it is like showing that, no, this isn't a gender specific thing, first of all, or a sexuality specific thing. But it is like I feel like this is a trait a lot of people have, maybe not to an extreme amount. Right. But it is something that can be it's a story that can be told well. And I feel like in this case, it is with Griffith's tendency towards these things. Right. Right. No, I 100% agree. I, I really think this is like another moment where like beer really shines through because like we've talked before about how he handles like men and boys being raped, like relatively well. Like he wants to give it a very fleshed out thing. He does not do that for the women, but he does for the men. So he's, he's good at tackling these kinds of things and expressing like male emotion, honestly, in a situation where they would be expected to play it off. I I also, as you were talking about like a good (laughs) example of that, I thought of like one of the worst examples of hypersexuality (laughs) I can think of. And we have, we both talked about it earlier. It's Sylvain from Three Houses because yep. that shit is handled so fucking he is, It's handled I, so ham-fistedly and it's oh just God. really, it's really fucking it's bad, It's really y'all. fucked up. It's so For bad. For people who don't know, it's it's from a game, uh, Fire it's from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah. 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 Uh, don't ever expect anything from Fire Emblem writers. That way, like, when there is actually a good thing, you can be like, oh my God, but like... You did it! What? <laughs> But yeah, like, Sylvain's whole storyline, for those of you who don't know, is that he's, like, the second son, but he has a crest, which, like, allows him to do magic and, like, gives him a lot of status. So he's going to be, like, the heir to the house, basically. And um, his brother is not, and he, his older brother, and he feels bad about it. And there's, like, this whole thing with his older brother where he, like, dies because he's trying to wield something that only crests people can wield Mm -hmm. and but sylvain's like whole storyline like all the like route stuff you do with him is like you discovering that he's a womanizer and that he you know like fucks around a lot and then Mm -hmm. and this is just with the protagonist this is not with like other stuff he actually he does have other character traits that i also don't necessarily care for all the time except for (laughs) one but um 
Yeah, and, like, at the end, like, you get the sob story about how, like, women just want to use him, and so he, like, fucks them and leaves them because they're all, like, gold-digging horrors and shit, and, like, it's... Yeah. I just remember, like, seeing people, like, sympathize with him for that, and I was just like, are you guys fucking stupid? Like, this yeah, is a that's horrible pathetic. handling of this, and, like... Especially, there's so many better, like, storylines yeah. in that game, too, which oh, is yeah. why I feel like his specifically is, like, so boring. Like, it's so... so boring like every time someone talks about sylvain and says they don't like ferdinand it's like mind-boggling to me because in a lot of the ways they start at like a similar ish point like also with um fuck like lorenz in some ways too because they're all like from royal families and they kind of have their heads up their ass and then like they kind of have to like you know progress like ferdinand grows a lot as a character throughout the entire story and you see that and you see him like internalize things people have said to him and he's like shit i shouldn't like do this i shouldn't like talk to women this way i should do this and he grows up from like a teenager to like a man who is actually like very respectful and considers a lot of people and despite being very like blustery he sorry i care a lot about ferdinand if you can't tell um yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah he you know like he grows into a very well-rounded person but because he listened to the people around him you know sylvain yeah. doesn't really have that because people let him get away with everything because he's a charming womanizer the whole time and i feel like the fandom kind of does that too to an extent so that's right. my little like trail off uh my little bunny trail for that but to me, that's like one of the worst examples I can currently think of of a man being like hypersexual and having yes. a like reason for it, and the reason just being like I hate women. Yeah, a woman did me wrong one time, so now I hate all women. Because I'm sorry, that's that's very much a. <laughs> this is gonna sound like funny, but but it's true. This is that's like a guy personality. Like it's 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 kind of oh, stale. Is. There are men who make fifteen dollars an hour who say dumb shit like that. So I, I, I like I'm tired of it basically, right? So mm-hmm. when you get things where that's not like the whole focus is women bad because one woman did one thing wrong to me, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's stale because like you said, Sylvain doesn't Sylvain doesn't have anything else besides that. Like he just doesn't like he doesn't have anything. It's just it's, exactly. I think what also pisses me off about Sylvain. Sorry, I was kidding. I'm not done. Um, we also. <laughs> also pisses me off with it is like you get parts with like Dorothea and Mercedes where like they both chastise him for being a shithead you know yeah and then Mercedes's route with him like in their little paralogue or whatever you call it no paralogue that's like the side things I do and they're like you know friendship route their support route um he kind of grows a little bit and you kind of see him like start to consider some things, but it's not applied to anything else. Like oh my you don't fucking see God. It in time skip. You don't see it in like any of the other shit. And like I think like those kinds of like disappointing support moments are the reason I didn't finish Blue Lions because like all other stuff, like no matter what happens with other people, it has no effect on them in the long run. Ultimately, right. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't actually come back to bite them, and that's why the, this is good because I feel like there's so many times when things just don't give people like like flack for that. And I feel right. like if you're gonna make that a part of someone's character, unless the whole joke is that you think having sex with women because they're worthless is a joke, then I don't see the point in 
including it, right? And that's right. just and that's just like where I am with a lot of media now because that you find characters that are like that, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like, but then there are people who it's so much more like 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 Spike in um Cowboy Bebop could have easily been one of those characters, but right. his character goes completely different fucking direction because mm-hmm. they do something different, right? So to see Berserk, which is older than a lot of other media that's done this trope terribly, yeah. Um, see, to see Berserk like handle this in a way where it's like, no, these are the consequences of your actions. Like, mm-hmm. you did something that is going to affect everyone, as we will see next chapter. Like, yeah, this is going to affect everybody, even the people you didn't think it would affect, right? Right. So I I don't know. This is like you said, it's one of those shining moments where. I don't think, and I feel like he starts. We'll see Charlotte later. Like just, just for people who don't who want to know, we will see Charlotte again yeah, later. She'll be back. Yeah, she'll be back. So don't worry. It's kind of an but, important role too. So yes, like, there's at least this princess is arguably a lot more important than the last princess we came into contact with. So yeah, yeah. So um, what I like is that Mira does start to give her some more like like responsibility in those ways, but we don't really get to see her like process this moment the way i feel like it should have been processed but at the same time i don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because yeah yeah yeah. i i almost like this is not a good thing honestly but i do think it's kind of realistic that like in this circumstance even though like parts of it were like out of her control and stuff like she's still obviously very young right she's 17 And, like, at this weird cusp of, like, wanting to feel like an adult and still, like, you know, being a minor. Mm-hmm. And she had this experience with someone who she admires and looks up to. I don't think she's going to view it in a negative light yet. Like, I think if any of that yes. happens, it would be a lot later on, like, realistically. Because you don't want to reflect on, like, the part where you're like, I'm not sure about this. And he went ahead with it anyways. And you liked it. So you're like... Well, like, yes. was it, like, against, without my consent? Because I really did wind up enjoying myself and, like, having a good time with it. So it's, like, one of those kind of complicated things in that way. Not that, like, yes. non-consent is, like, a, like, I don't know, complicated thing. If someone says no, it's no, right? But yeah. in the sense of, like, interpersonal relationships and, like, societal expectations and, like, expectations and, like, yeah. how we are taught to like view these things i really don't blame her for not like thinking about it too hard and just being like oh he like left me you know like the token that i gave him when i told him i loved him so that means he loves me and just taking that away from it and not choosing to think too hard about like the other like why'd he come over here yeah the the kind of tenuous parts of like the night before you know yeah like i don't blame her for that at all and I also, okay, I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> it yes. is so fucking weird to, like, I get, I know the whole Hyman thing, and I know, like, it's really only been recently that, like, mainstream consciousness has realized, like, Hymens can rip from anything, and it doesn't yeah. mean shit. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> like, the blood here, yeah. I'm like, okay, he's 17 right like she's 17 years old she's had her period i'm assuming yes why why would uh, they yes. not just, why would she be like i got my monthly thank you thank you so this is one of those things where i talk about where you this is written by just a dude yes so, which like most books written by men are written by just a dude um this was around the time where there not around the time this is still very much like you said a thing right it's very much a thing especially in yeah. where sex ed isn't a thing um but yeah, I was confused because I was like, well, her hymen probably already ripped. And she, if I'm 
if I know anything about biology, you start having your period like at least four or five years before that. Generally, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was shocked because I just thought because because what I thought was. I thought way too hard about it, right? Because I was like, okay, this guy's so out of touch. He thought his daughter had her period and that her period can only happen if she had sex, right? Right. Either that, (laughs) either that or like, I guess women, because that's the thing, it's like, surprise, if you're not a sex haver, this is going to shock you. Sometimes women bleed during, people with vaginas will bleed during sex, right? Yeah. It it happens. It's not, Uh, even if it's not the period time, it happens sometimes, right? So that's what I was thinking was like, oh, no, he can spot that that's like not just period stuff. That's like, you know, blood. sexual fluids and blood like that's not. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it, let's not take that this far. This was written by a 20 year old yes. that every single time somebody has sex for the first time, their hymen rips and blood goes everywhere. And that is just so funny to me because this is a flaw with media. Like this is a flaw with this chapter. This part doesn't right. make sense if you know anything about vaginas. Uh, what also makes this like very funny and like makes me kind of shake my head how many fucking chapters did we spend with Casca having her period how long did they make me put up with that shit oh like four yeah for for this to happen and like her not even to like pass it off as an excuse or something that that's what I was saying yeah because that's the thing is like I get that she was like taken off guard when he whipped the sheets up but I know any teenage girl would have been like oh I got my period dad I'm so sorry I'm so sorry especially because like you said she usually she would have been having her period by this point yeah so I I like I like Yes, exactly. It it doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. And that's what like kind of kills me about it because it makes sense if you keep reading it, right? It's just like, oh no, he figured out she had sex. But if you think about the blood part a little too long, you're like, yeah. wait, but they I know. they had rough sex, so she probably bled because she wasn't like she probably wasn't all the way aroused, right? Like that that's what happens. Yeah. But like, didn't do I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, got, like one minute. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Griffith out here having fuckboy sex because he's mad homies left. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm like... I'm God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the way that that part is handled to me is just still so funny. Because yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, Mira, we know what you were going for. And I get it. It's kingly times. Like, right. But here's the thing. This girl has ridden a horse. Like, if we're going to go back to the old school, how people used to explain that Hyman's ripping, right? This girl has ridden a horse. Her hymen's broken, Mira. I'm sorry to let you know. Like, yeah. it's, it's it, it do be happening. But yeah, I just, oh. I don't know. Like, I'm assuming she knows what her period is, too. Because, like, I was thinking about it. And I was like, no, she has, like, developed breasts. Like, she's gone through puberty. so She has handmaids. Like, yeah, they have to. Like, like, <laughs> something. Like, nobody said anything. And that, like, that's, like, to, such a small, like, thing in, like, the like context of these chapters where so much is happening but like i was thinking the whole time i was just like are we like really doing this like you you made me like think about periods so much and now you just expect me to forget they exist so we can do this stupid hymen blood thing like yes yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was kind of it was kind of just bad and and that was my thing right like these these chapters are already shocking so like i didn't even really realize how stupid that was until no, I yeah. reread it, right? Like I reread it like like last week or something, and I was like, 
because it's in my notes i was like that's not how periods work but okay and that's all i wrote about it i was just like whatever um so i i I don't know it's like there's so many well done things but it's another one of those things where it's like there are good things like like you said like she's not she may not think of this experience as negative until later because sadly how many i specifically gonna say women but how many women do all of us know who have had their first time was with either some older dude or one of their dad's friends or something or some guy they really liked and it was awful because and it was all it was awful because of the situation first of all but they didn't realize it until later like all of us have those stories or we have friends with those stories right so that's why like it's one of those things where it's like i am i gonna sit here and be like wow mirror's a genius because that's intentional no i don't think it's intentional but i do think it's realistic like it is like this is shit that is fucked up and happens. And of course, yeah, maybe Charlotte doesn't, isn't going to go like, you know, jump on the internet and learn a bunch of terms for what just happened to her and then turn around and be like, (laughs) I was manipulated by Griffith into having sex because he wanted to control. Like, I'm sorry. There's no seven. There's not very many 17 year olds that eloquent to understand that. Yeah. She's not cracking open like a yield scarletine and like going through (laughs) you know like it's yeah it's it's definitely like it's realistic in the sense that like of course they would assume it was like that you know like she might have been able to play it off as period blood but only her maids would really be able to vouch for that you know like he probably still wouldn't have believed her but like i guess it was just like the complete like like it's just like don't look at it don't think about it don't don't. yeah think about the period if you think um, about it too long it stops it stops making sense because yeah. you're like oh no the because bl- all you can think is oh no the blood from the night before because i think it we yeah. were shown that spot earlier right we're so like that's I, I, let me see are we showing that let me see, I'm gonna see. I, I don't think we are actually yeah, yeah no we're showing it we're only showing it when she wakes up covers and she's like whoopsie um, yeah she's like whoopsie panel honestly but she's like, uh oh. <laughs> there's a there's another panel that happens later where it's one of my favorite panels. We'll talk about it in a couple chapters. But somebody gets yeah. some dick and they try to mount a horse and they're like, ah, <laughs> my le- my legs are sore. And that is one of my favorite like panels in yeah. Berserk so far. Everyone um, in Berserk just goes hard <laughs> as fuck when it comes to like having sex. They just, they just thrust in. There's no hard like insertion. Sore. They just they're like. Are you wet? I do not care. So <laughs> here we go. Yeah, it's kingly times, as you said. You know, yes, but. king kingly times, like like our boy uh, Mira wanted us to know. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, besides that, um, I do want to talk about because he does come up later. Sadly, mm-hmm. um, I I, I want to talk about the king's thing with his daughter later, just because it it does yeah. come back up. So I think we have time to talk about it another time. But um, the torturer, right? So. Um. This is like this. This is like the third or fourth time something like this has happened in this comic, right? So we got like soldiers who were really big, and the implication is that they were, you know, not too bright. Um, Same thing happened with, uh, I think, a general earlier, his brother who got massacred by guts. It was implied that he was also, you know, not the brightest, quote unquote, you know, um, yeah, yeah, quote unquote, slow, whatever. Yes, slow, right? So we get this guy and I'm describing him again, right? Like he's got, he's not like, he's pretty short. He has really long arms. Um, he has like almost no hair. He's like balding kind of, yeah. he's a very large forehead. He has a cleft lip and 
yeah, I I don't like when they put these characters in here because I don't it's see the point. Me. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't get it because like it's not even that I don't get it right because I get it if you okay. look into the, all these stupid stories like yeah that's what they used to do with the disabled people etc cetera, etc cetera. but bro this is a story with demons in it can't we just get a regular dude in here? like like can we just like have the dude torture people and not point out the fact that he's like de- like deformed or whatever the fuck like it's just one of those things where it's like another like unnecessary thing because i've gotten past this point with this character where i'm like this could have been anybody right like so instead you chose to make them severely disabled so that i guess they could be gross or something i don't know it's like uh. to me it's like sasha talks about this a lot because she's wonderful and smart but Mm -hmm. um she they talk about it a lot in like horror specifically because this happens in horror as well where like the villain or the like the serial killer whatever the slasher whatever the role is the bad guy will be disabled or like have like a mental illness or something like that or they will like have some kind something that like stalled their development whatever however you want to say it there's something they have a physical disability and oftentimes they also have a mental disability and it it's very gross all the time and it's really just a way to it's very lazy because it's just like a shorthand to tell you like this person's fucked up and gross and you think disabled yes. people are gross because everybody does so like this is why you know blah blah yeah, blah sorry um old dude is is about to try to fuck his daughter sorry if i don't think that the disabled guy is the worst guy in the scene right now yeah no like, like it's, it was so bad that they even changed it in the anime, I'm pretty sure. Like, they looked at this and they were like, that was not the best look. Like, we're gonna shift this just slightly. He's still, like, very much, like, this kind of archetype, but I think they made him, like, more of, like, an Igor kind of thing, which is also yeah. not good. Not, yeah, but, like you said, it's not great, but it's still yeah. better than, like, going so hard, right? And yeah. and Because I don't, once again, like, we've talked about this before, it doesn't add anything to it, especially when these guys are minor characters and we're not going to talk about the disabilities anyway like we're not going to actually talk about any of this it's just oh dude look at this guy that um guts is about to fight that um he got fucked up a while ago because um he got tortured as we saw at the beginning of the series right look how fucked up he looks like we've already been through that right like i don't yeah you could have just given me a dude with a hood he could have been the same size he could have he could have he could have been short and everything. Just give me a dude in the hood or something. Let's not highlight that if it doesn't add yeah. to the story. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's There's like a specific term for like when someone is disfigured and like there's like, I think it's disfigurmizia or something like that. Mm. My wife would know. She's, they've talked about it. Anyways, but like, I feel like that specifically i don't know with like the cleft lip and stuff too there's like the implication that like they were born too early or something too you know like like, the whole like mental disability thing where they're slow or they have like (sighs) mental issues and like so to me this is like very much that he also has dwarfism he also yes i don't know if there's a proper term for having a hunchback so please excuse me if that is like not the correct thing um but like you know there's a lot of things happening here all at once that like especially all together i'm just like 
wow, he really went, like, ham on this one. Like, he just was, like, I'm gonna, like, think of, like, yeah. the person that, like, disgusts me the most and put it in here. And it's really exactly. shitty. It's, it's, it's shitty. really horrible. Yeah, it's, I hate it. It's it's awful. And, like, if I'm gonna be real, like, there, if there are things that, like, I hate the most about Berserk, this is one of those things. Yeah, it really like, is. And it's about a lot of these types of media that do this with these time periods, as they like to do this. Is they'll be like, you know, they really treated disabled people poorly back then. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> which is which is funny because it's like, well, they they still do, and you don't have to highlight it yeah. to me, right? It's like it's like whenever people do like period pieces, it's like the opposite of like it's it's like when people do period pieces of like the South or whatever. Yeah. Um, basically, just to be like, hey, look at slavery. Wasn't it productive? Oh my god. So <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's no. like that, right? It's like it's like why do this if especially because. As we already know, this isn't a spoiler because we already know one of our characters is eventually disabled. Like, yeah. Guts is missing an eye and an arm eventually. Mm-hmm. So, like, now you're splitting hairs about you know. Well, I think this disability is fine because he received trauma through it. Like, it's ju- it's just like this like rigmarole. Like, yes, it's 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 very like if you know too much about disa- disability rights or like give a shit about disabled people and think about it too long, you're like, what the fuck is going on with yeah. this? So. I was pissed that we had to see this guy again because we do have to see him again eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think next year yeah, we see him like immediately, and then yeah. I think we see him one more time after that. It's just yes, it sucks so hard. I just I don't know. Like I think about like the instances where Miura does it too, and it's always in like kind of an undesirable role too. Yes. You know, and that's another thing because like. There used to be, like, laws saying, like, you know, if you're, like, ugly, don't come outside, basically. Yes. Literally. It's like, not literally. a joke. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not making that up. Like, I, I said it kind of jokey, but, like, that was, like, an actual thing that happened and wasn't repealed until, like, later in the 1900s. I'm pretty sure. But um, someone can fact check me on that if they want to. Yeah. But, um, like you have these people in these quote-unquote like undesirable jobs because they're quote-unquote undesirable people and like a lot of the time in Mira's work because it is like you know a fantasy it's a medieval fantasy it's going to be in jobs like torture or like secondhand like concussed fighter guy who only focuses on fighting and can't even really talk you know like it's going to be shit like that which sucks and I hate it but like, I don't know. It's something I've come to expect in other fantasy, and I'm always very happy when it's not a thing. I'm like, thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you. It's it's always shocking when it's yeah when it's not there in some form or fashion, or if it's, like, old school, like, mm-hmm. even if it's, like, like, if anything that's, like, from that period, I'm always just laughing, because I'm, like, sometimes I'm, like, why did you put, like I said, if it has nothing to do with a story and, that you're trying to yeah. tell in a way that makes sense, why put it? in there right like why specifically make this person be disabled and be like they're disgusting right mm-hmm. half the time i'm gonna be like no i hate you because now you're just trying to get me to hate this person for looking different right right so yeah i i agree it's like one of those things where you have to kind of look out for it because it's done in this way where it's like for authenticity right yeah like i'm gonna for example right it's like this thing where i had this this really funny thing happened to me and Haley. Um, a long time ago, it happened more to Haley than it did to me. But um, somebody at the bookstore was like, "Oh, I have this book where one of the main characters is autistic," and we were like, "Uh huh." And then she proceeded to tell us how, because the book is about time travel, 
they no longer they don't use the word autistic they use the word asperger's right ah. and all that shit so um and people for people who don't know that's an outdated term you shouldn't be using that don't, if you're trying that's to a describe nazi term don't use autistic it. yes yes it is quite literally a nazi term i would recommend that you google the origins of the word uh asperger's and just go down that rabbit hole and realize that you should never use it again right yeah. so anyway back to the original point um this lady at the bookstore is proceeding to try to tell us how this is um it, it, it's not that bad mind you not an autistic person is it's not that bad because um it's historically accurate and those are the types of things where i go full stop pause like pause real quick like you do not no fuck that you don't have to do that because then you're basically telling me personally that you wrote the book so that you could use the term Asperger's. Yeah, is what I'm getting out of it. Like, <laughs> no, one hundred percent, I agree. With like, you. yeah. So like, it, it, then this is one of those things, right? Where it's like, ooh, I get to do medieval shit. I get to have a real quote unquote fucked up looking guy in my thing. And in a series where we already have monsters, where you could have had a monster be the torture device, or uh, we already have fucked up guys who try to rape their daughters as we just saw yeah. or we have all these other things now disabled people have to be the scary thing like yeah. no i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you to fuck off like that's just not that's not what i'm gonna remember from berserk if anybody ever talks to me about berserk if they say the things i don't like about it i'll remember it but as far as like what do i like about berserk this guy's representation is not gonna come up it's not gonna be like wow that was so authentic i really appreciated that it's gonna yeah. be yeah, I remember that this remember that a 20-something year old wrote this shit. Yeah, I can clearly tell that. One yeah, literally. Because <laughs> like I said earlier, like even with the quote unquote like Igor archetype or whatever, like that's not a good example of things. It's not like yes. a good archetype to have. And like right. it's that to a very extreme here, which is why it's so horrible because it's like, ah yeah, this like evil disabled person is going to like ruin Griffith's life and it's like Griffith kind of ruined his own life to be fair. Yes sir. But, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's just trying to like put these connotations on stuff and like I'm sure there's also like cuz I think I remember something in like the next chapter of him like commenting on how Griffith looks or something which is always fucking yes. annoying as that hell. Oh my god, I hate um, it. Um, but we'll talk about that next time. But like, yeah, there's just a lot to do with like this. And I feel like we always like talk a lot about these seemingly small things, but it's because they're put in there in such a normal way that like, you may not think about it the first time around if you're not like on the lookout for those things. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is like, this is part of the, the this is part of one of the reasons I wanted to like, like that we want to do this podcast is because yeah. like, well, I'm, I'm going to stop. This is the thing that would stop me from reading Berserk. No. Do I understand that it is a thing that may stop somebody, especially a disabled person from reading Berserk? 100,000. Yeah. I totally get that. And I feel like that's part of it is that this, this book has so much like good shit in it. And then you have actually like bad shit on top of it. That's like mm-hmm. literally just like, we're going to make this guy dark and rape and, or we're going to make this person disabled and torture. Mm-hmm. And it's not entirely like needed. Right. But, but once again, it's one of those things where like us having the context helps us, but at the same time, it doesn't fix the problem. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, this is made in the nineties, whatever. But at the same time, it was made in the nineties and we can do better than that. And we've already seen ourselves do better than that. Yeah. 
It's also always a thing where it's like, there was media in the 90s that did this better, you know? Like, I, yes. I see people run into that a lot when they try to excuse it and like, a, oh, it was of its time kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. but not everything was no, like that. <laughs> like, there were disabled people who spoke out against this kind of shit. There are like, you know, women who talked about like these misogynistic tropes and stuff, you know? There was media yes. that covered both of those things like very well. And even before that, like in the 80s or 70s, there was also material. So to me, it's just kind of like, it's not, like I said before, it's never an excuse. It's just providing context of like where people as like a broad society were at and then being like, okay. And then thinking about like how people who like, you know, are disabled or who are women, who yes. are trans, whatever, you know, whatever happened, whatever they're like, like there were people who were making content for themselves and for others. That was much better yes. than this. Yes. This I, I, Cause I love the defense of everything did this back then. It's like, no, no they did fucking didn't. The popular things back then did this, but even then some of the popular things didn't. And we should talk more about the ones that didn't do that stupid shit. And, exactly. and you know, I just, it's just one of those things where like, as we talk about like, this thing is like, like you said, you said something that's important is that Griffin is getting tortured, I believe, because of his own wrongdoings. He oh, fucked yeah. up. He fucked up and he knew what was going to happen, right? But I am also somebody who doesn't see a disabled person, um, a severe, like somebody with a lot of disabilities and think, wow, that's disgusting, right? So we're going to see later, he's not like a main character or anything, but part of the torture that is done to Griffith is framed as like, look at how fucked up this guy is, right? Yeah. And I don't appreciate that because I feel like the bigger point to hit home is that Griffith's own hubris and destructiveness got him to the position that we'll get him to. Mm-hmm. And instead, we're also partially being told, oh, yeah, but it's real fucked up that this disabled guy like fucked him up. Right. So, right. yeah, I I agree with it being like poopy. Now, am I also glad that it's not a gigantic part of the chapter? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Would I have rather not had it at all? <laughs> a thousand also, percent. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this really quick. I'll probably say it in like a later episode when we get to it. it technically, it is like this quote unquote, like evil disabled person fault. So there is also kind of that to like yeah. frame things. Yes. But yes. like, you don't know absolutely. that at this point. So I'm not going to say that right now. But like, absolutely. That is definitely something we will probably talk about. <laughs> on too yes i I thought about it the whole time the entire time i was thinking about that um and and it is like definitely a part of it and i don't know i listen this this is a this is like still a good story because i'm for people who are listening i for people who want context right i am currently reading the eclipse so for people who like want to know where i am with stuff and want to know like where i'm from for people who have already read ahead and are just listening to this see where we are this, that's the information I'm working off of. I'm up to the eclipse. Like, the eclipse just started where I am. So, um, that's what I'm working off of when it comes to, like, what the consequences of Griffith's actions are and, like, how that all plays out. And throwing this disabled guy in there as somebody who's gotten past this part has no worth. It does not. It doesn't have any worth. And there's just a lot more interesting parts to it. And I'm excited to get to... Um, the consequences of all of these actions because I feel like that's when the story is fucking insane for a minute and then it just gets an even more incredibly um, nuts and it has nothing to do with disabled men, torture Griffith, boohoo Griffith for getting tortured, right? Yeah. So true. Okay. I 
do not want to talk about a dad molesting his daughter twice. So we can yes. talk about that next time. Yes, sorry we will talk about it next we're time. Disappointing anybody? Uh, sorry <laughs> for disappointing anybody. I don't want to leave anybody with a bad cliffhanger. So if you are like, if you're wondering what happens to Charlotte, and you don't want to wait until next episode because it makes you feel terrible. Um, if you don't want to know, then skip ahead like thirty seconds. Yeah. But for the people who do want to know, Charlotte's fine. Charlotte makes it out of it. Like yeah. it's not a good experience. Obviously, it's fucking terrible. But she <laughs> does not. Yes, yeah. She she gets away from her dad. Like she's not like penetrated or anything. So like yeah, it's still awful, still a horrible fucking thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a long drawn out rape scene or anything like that. It's still a rape scene, but it's not like you know terrible or something. It's so not, yeah, it's not a rape scene in the sense that he has sex with her. She gets away before that, but it is a rape yes. scene in the sense that she is very violated throughout this entire like short, albeit short like experience, but like. She's definitely traumatized from it. Yes. So. Yeah. It's still awful. But like just for the people who are like mortified and don't want to know what happens next, she makes it out of it. Yeah. Um, and when we will discuss that next time. I think I like the way she makes it out of it too, because she yeah, no. Good good for her. But um yeah, so we're gonna save that for next time just because there is a lot to go into about that because I feel like it has something to do with how Griffith's words just like the few words he says snippily to other people that are outside of his group really do have impact. <laughs> Oh yeah, in crazy, crazy fucking ways. This man like um, goddamn mind because of it. Like, <laughs> so that that was very uncomfortable. I'm glad we got through that at least that part. Um, more uncomfortable <laughs> things happen. Uh, several chat for several chapters in a row, but we oh. we can talk through it. <laughs> I'm I'm mostly excited just to see like just so we can see the fallout of what happens to the band after this because in case you guys have been uh, not listening. Um, yeah, Griffith can't do this and nothing happens to the Hawk. We just haven't seen happens to them yet. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the rest of the band while, you know, Griffith is getting the shit tortured out of him. But um, it's it's not looking good. And, you know, we also get to see pretty much everything go downhill. And I feel like that's the most shocking part of these chapters that I like is that this is like a big tonal shift from yeah. they might not do it. Oh, no, something fucked up happened, but they still did it. It's like... Hey, shit, shit's it's it's all going downhill. It's all going downhill, and there is no yeah. climb back up. We are at rock bottom, baby. Yeah, but yeah, um, good lord, we will get to all of that. But for today, <laughs> that is where we are leaving off. And thank you guys as always for listening to us and our little like sidetrack <laughs> moments where we talk about other things. Um, yes. but also suffering through some of this with us <laughs> makes it more yeah. terrible. No, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, because I, I know today's scene, these scenes were hard. I tried to, like, kind of describe those rough sex scenes as much as possible, but, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. But definitely just recommend reading it um, along with us if you want to, like, see the panels. We'll try to post some panels from, like, the non-terrible like, shit um, that won't get us like banned from Instagram. Yeah be hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly right um so yeah we really appreciate you guys we appreciate everybody who's been you know contributing to and wanting to help out with buckle companies it's really awesome that people are looking forward to doing that um yeah i'm i'm excited to still be on the two-week schedule we're keeping it together Mm -hmm. We're, we're still here everybody hanging on but um but um yeah i I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about Okami, but if you guys do want to catch us, (laughs) 
anywhere else. Um, we are on every single social media, pretty much. Um, we're on Twitter at let's underscore unpack underscore it. We're also on Instagram, unpack that pod. And we're also on Facebook. If you just look up, um, let's unpack it. Let's unpack that. You'll probably find us. And there's a lot of podcasts in this, but ours is the coolest one. It's the only one about Berserk. So it should be pretty easy to find. Um, you can also catch us on our own social medias. Um, mine is at Cheval P. And Cows is, um, oh wait, I actually clicked them the wrong way. Cows is Botanical Night. So if you want to hit either one of us up and yell at us about Berserk, feel free to text us and, you know, um, try not to get blocked. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. Just don't say anything stupid. Yeah. Uh, don't repeat, don't repeat one of the ad nauseum eclipse memes to me. I will probably fucking just block you because yeah, I yeah, know I'm, I'm good. Neither of that. us care. We will block. It's <laughs> we're neither of us have hangups about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on that. But, um, but yeah, um, I will say, Guys, we didn't talk about Guilty Gear today. Oh my god, we didn't. There's shit too. <laughs> there's too much happening. Yeah. Yes, there's there's actually news with both of those games. We'll, we can probably have plenty of time to talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, but um but yeah, no, let us got let us know what you guys think about the new um summary format. We're trying to just keep it more concise so people who listen to the last episode don't feel like they're re-listening to the last episode. So um yeah, just let us know what you guys think about that. But besides that, um I think I'm good. I think I'm ready to catch you guys next time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, God, sorry. I lost my brain for a second. I was like, that was a lot we just went through. <laughs> yes. But yeah, thank you guys so much. And we look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Yeah, see you guys in two more weeks. Catch you later. Bye. Over!